Hello, dear listener, it's Daniel. Now, before we get to this episode, just want to remind you, me and Core just launched a Patreon. For $7 a month, you can get exclusive content. Now, how do you sign up for said exclusive content? Well, we made it easy. There's a link down in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash litdpod. We'll see you soon. Now, let's get to today's episode. Light in the darkness. Off, off top, 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 top. Off topic episodes are a sub series within the Greater Light in the Darkness podcast where Daniel and I sit down and have conversations that stray away from our normal supernatural and paranormal fare. These are our day in and day out conversations. The only difference is this time we set up our microphones and we're recording it so you can take a listen. So consider yourself invited to the digital campfire, if you will. The microphones are on, the coffee's hot, the chairs would be a lot more comfortable than they are because I got that new cushion, but I forgot to bring it. There's no winning with these chairs. Man, I am just like literally punishing my own butt here. But dear listener, would you like to win and have an awesome sticker? I always try to come in with a seamless transition. I think that one wasn't bad. Well, dear listener, if you would like one of these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful crocheted stickers, please go to litdpod.com slash support. Give a donation of absolutely any amount, and we'll get one mailed right out to you. Now, Corey, these hand... Uh, what did you say again? Stitch? Crochet. Crochet. Yeah, that was the awful term. These hand crocheted uh, stickers, these are directly from Amish country, Pennsylvania, correct? Oh, yes. They're, they're, they're slightly a quilted pattern. You can enjoy the stitching that mm. isn't only available in a crochet item. Can I get Argyle? You know, I don't think that that's a, a method of crochet. You're thinking of the socks that hail from Scotland. And dear listener, for full transparency, we have no idea what these stickers are made of. But they are resilient. They are beautiful. And they'll stick to things. <laughs> and for legal purposes, they, they won't hold hot coffee. They won't stop a bullet. They won't protect you from the sun. And on that note, if you happen to be paper white, like two certain individuals I know, you know, that... That sticker is not going to protect you, at least from head to toe, from the sun's rays. And, you know, when people get sunburned, they feel a certain way. Crabby, upset, um, edgy. And tonight's topic, anger. So, Danny boy. This one was one that was on your heart, and when you were just dropping a couple little nuggets of what you were thinking of for this off-topic, it was good stuff. Oh, I thank you, sir. I also think it's relatable stuff that people are going to be able to connect with. So, passing the ball to you to get started off, drop some thoughts on Anchor. So, dear listener, I, like most of you, spend the first and the last part of my day in my car. And I've just been noticing something for the past, I don't know, core, how long I've been saying it to you and Abby, but about six months, maybe. The Lord just keeps pointing things out to me on the road. It's when he talks to me a lot of times anyway, but man, people are angry. I'm seeing people cutting each other off and, you know, that lovely 
lowercase l hand gesture out the window. And I don't want to be cliche and be like, and those cars have Jesus fish on them or follow me to this church stickers, but some do, you know, and hey, Christians get angry. We're, we're people. But my point is, it is like this whole world is just a ticking time bomb right now. Mm. And, you know, we're in this world. We're not of it. We have to operate in it on the daily. We do. But we can also stand out in a crowd. I think as Christians, we tend to when we really follow what Jesus asked us to do, which is walk in love. I guess the biggest thing I want to say is we've all got things to be angry about. We've all got things that have upset us, and we're going to get into some of those things tonight. But the real question is, what are you doing with your anger? And I guess a bigger one is, what is your anger doing to you to get us going? Court, you want to throw a story at me of a time that anger honestly just got a hold of you if you feel so led to share? Sure. Gosh. I feel like it's, we've, we've talked about it on the show before, so it's not going to be any secret to our listeners that both of us have struggled with anger issues in the past. When I was in high school, there was a very regrettable season of my life where I was kind of characterized by my anger and everybody knew that I was a hothead and everybody knew that I would get angry. And just now I was thinking about a time that I was going to the beach with some friends. They drove in a car. I drove in a car. I didn't really know where I was going and they really quick turned left and like I didn't catch it on time. So I kept going and had to go several miles out of my way just to be able to like get back on where I didn't pull out my phone and navigate and all this kind of stuff when I just been following this other car. That's all very basic situation. That's nothing that should by any means like, oh, oops. But at the time. I was so embarrassed and so angry that when I got to the beach, I jumped out of my car, ran up to the girl that was driving the other car and just started screaming at her. Like, how could you do that to me? You know, I was behind you, all this kind of stuff. And at this point, like I said, everybody knew I had a temper and she just kind of stood there calmly and just looked at me and she was like, are you done? And nothing. (laughs) will make you angrier when you're already angry than not getting the reaction you want and for somebody not to feed into it. And that is just, that's a memory I'll I'll never lose. Uh, Just, yeah. Can I press into that a little bit? Sure. What were you really mad about? Was it the embarrassment? Oh, totally. Like that's what fueled that? Totally. A lot of when I would get angry. Um, oftentimes for me, it was when my pride was wounded Hmm. and oftentimes for me, my anger was rooted in pride. Even still today, a lot of the times if, if my temper starts to rise, it's because I felt disrespected. I felt slighted. My pride rises up, which pride, we all know where that's coming from. It's coming from the flesh. It's coming from the enemy. It's coming from all these different things. It ain't coming from Jesus. I don't want to make this a gendered thing, but just something I've noticed talking to a lot of other males and and women. This is not me saying you don't have pride. I promise. Like we we all have things. I've noticed this one a lot in guys. There's even the running jokes. I don't need to stop and ask for directions. Yeah. I know where I'm going. You know, of, of course I read the map correctly. I don't need the directions. I know how to put it together. You start seeing at some point a pattern. And then when pushed, what emotion rises? Anger. There it is. That's funny to me. I'd never thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, if I sit here and I think about it a little bit more and 
crank up the old Holy Ghost time machine, I guarantee I'm going to have some more stories <laughs> pop up from younger Corey losing his temper. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is not going to, to leave us hanging on this one. I want to throw some scripture at you guys. So, did a little digging in the good old book, the B-I-B-L-E, and in Ephesians, I'm going to read you two, 4.26 and 4.27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Now, that first part, I have used many a time to try and make up with my wife after I did something really dumb. I'm like, the Bible says we shouldn't go to bed mad at each other, so we should probably fix this right now. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but I, I think the part that really clears that up for you as to why that's important is, and don't give the devil a foothold. I think the bigger issue there is don't let this thing hold on to you for a moment longer. Like if you at all possibly can just go ahead and give that to the father, do it. Yes, it's amazing to to fix these things, to to fix these arguments before you go to bed. But I just feel like there's a bigger element to that because the father just brings it right in and, and don't let the devil get a foothold. So many times that has happened to me, something has happened. And, you know, this is a story I'm actually not ready to share with you, but I will give you the ending to it because it's sweet. I lost my temper once, uh, many times actually, but it was a big one. And what it was is actually it was fear manifesting. I had a lot of things in my heart, heavy stuff, stuff that I'm, I'm wired to handle because that's how Jesus made me, but I hadn't given it to him yet. And so here I am full of emotion. And a lot of times when I personally am fearful, my reaction is anger because I guess the way I would describe it to you is instead of feeling scared and weak, my natural thing always is then, so I'm going to puff myself up. I'm going to make a scene. I'm going to get loud. And I did. And it was awful. And I had to repent for it. I had to take it before the father and truly turn from it 360 degrees and go, that's not who I am at Christ. But the biggest point is this I want to give you. I was laying in bed that night. And really, even though I'm reading the scripture to you now, it's not one I typically reference, but that is what happened. I was just like, Jesus, take this from me. I give it to you. I'm so sorry I lost it. You know, I, I want to I want to get rid of this. It's funny, I even called it like this open door, but foothold, open door, you know. Guys, can I just tell you, I woke up the next day and I feel like somebody had taken a hundred pound weight off my chest. You know, when you're upset, when you're sad, a lot of times you would go and sit on your dad's lap or your grandfather's lap. Or, you know, for some of you, and I can relate to this, it was mom. And you bring these things that hurt on the inside. You bring these things that rattle around. And if you let them, they'll destroy you. They will become a foothold. And I just felt like I was sitting, you know, on the couch with my father that night, laying in bed, like, you know what? I was an idiot. This isn't what you've called me to do. I'm sorry. And my goodness, I woke up feeling like a million bucks. Don't be afraid to sit on his lap, sit on the couch beside him, and just fill your heart. God is such a good listener. I have learned that my entire life from scenario to scenario. If you want a story, I got one for you that I'll actually tell you the details on because I'm ready. Uh, let's see here. So... This is a couple years ago. I'm at a Nissan dealership. I pull up. I went online. I made my appointment. I did everything the way you're supposed to in my mind. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm Mr. Big Shot pulling up on my brand new Altima. 
and I'm getting the oil changed. And anyway, I, I keep waiting on a service advisor to walk up and all these people are pulling in behind me. You know, they're middle-aged, I'm early 20s and every one of them gets helped. And about five cars go by and I go and let somebody know, hey, I've been sitting here for a minute. You've actually been having to drive around my car to take the other cars back. Is there a reason? Oh, we just, we thought you were here with somebody else. That's fine. I get it. I'm young. Yeah, we'll get to you. Well, five more cars. And about that time, your boy Daniel lost his temper and started eh, raising my voice, talking about how maybe is my money not as good as the other people's. I did buy a brand new car here. A lot of entitled angry statements came out. A lot of apologies came from the Nissan people. And for a minute, I thought, yep, that's how it's done. I win. So they take my car back. They do the oil change. I go sit in the waiting room, make a coffee. And the minute I got quiet in my spirit, it starts to swell up. Wow. That's, that's how you represent me, huh? That's how you represent the kingdom. Man, whatever feeling I thought of, I won that. I conquered that. I showed them. You know, that was righteous anger. I knew what I was doing. Tell me. I found myself in the same office of that guy I had just, for lack of a better term, blessed out. And I was like, hey, you know what? Whether I had to wait 15 minutes or two hours, I shouldn't have talked that way. My bad, man. That's, that's not how Jesus has called me to do things. And the look on his face, you would have thought that I had pulled my pants down or something. He was like, what? He's like, dude, I'd have been mad too. I get it. And I was like, I appreciate that. Tell you what, man, I can do so much better myself. You don't have to put up with that. You're just doing your job. It's not your fault. He's like, man, I'm, I'm blown away. You came in here and apologized. I was like, man, that's just what Jesus has called us to do. And <laughs> it's so funny how white hot anger can turn to humility. And then that humility is just like this opportunity for the Holy Spirit to use it for the kingdom. It's so cool. It's so cool when you let Jesus in, what he can do with the situation that sometimes we just royally screw up. <laughs> I mean, time and time again, I am a walking, talking testimony of how Jesus can show up and fix the situation and then use it for his glory. You're so cool, Father. Uh, how about you, Corey? You got another one for me? <sighs> Not necessarily that we're redeemed or redemptive. I more so think I just have some thoughts on, so far we've been talking about the white hot anger. Yeah. Right? What about the other kinds of anger? Yeah, the passive aggressive. Mm, okay. The won't look at somebody when they walk into the room. The, the silent treatment. The anger that when they walk into the room, all your peace drops out. Everything, all the joy, all the laughter, everything, if they come up. And thank God that I've I've been delivered from some of that and I've surrendered some of that over to Jesus. Um, there have been people in my past that I got to that place with. And, and there's a lot of different feelings and a lot of different labels we could put on that, right? Like bitterness, uh, hatred, <laughs> um, unforgiveness, all these different things. But part of it is definitely anger. It's slow burning anger. And I feel like oftentimes people walk through that who don't have the kind of white hot outburst anger that you and I are talking about, or the people that get angry and just throw out cutting comments. Now, my, my personal personality type is that I am not the guy that I used to be. I am not the guy who has that kind of anger. And I'm just not the kind of person that would throw out passive aggressive or aggressive comments. Like we've been to restaurants together and you've seen me get my food wrong. 
And what do I do? Well, you typically don't want Abby and I to see it because you know we're going to say something and you're a very non-confrontational person. So I think you've tried a lot of new foods that way, honestly, is how you would word it. Like so many opportunities have come up because I got the wrong food. Like you're a very positive outlook person and not confrontational. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just not the kind of person that would make cutting little comments and things like that because there's different ways of anger manifesting, right? There's different ways that we kind of turn on that release valve. And what about venting? What about venting Mm. all your anger and frustration to people who have either nothing to do about it or you sit there and... All of a sudden, a conversation between you and a couple other people, you start making jokes. And while you're laughing on the outside, on the inside, you are definitely not laughing. And I feel like that is one thing that I do poorly. I feel like I think I'm a little bit naturally funny. And when I'm angry with someone, I start making jokes that are very cutting and very cruel and i'll keep going because i'll have people laughing because it's funny Mm. but it is not funny i think i saw this one time on a putt-putt course uh it was a tense game now that i think about it And and we started lampooning someone that we both know and uh it uh it was actually interesting to watch because at first i had no idea what was going on and then it was like this got tense quick i am in the lead but still (laughs) i wasn't even like i didn't even have a big problem with this person but i happened to be angry because my putt-putt score was awful and take it back a little farther it was the (laughs) go-karts it wasn't the go-karts this is the uh this is the cornhole incident this is the cornhole incident Oh, I'm sorry. Are I'm, you remembering a different incident? I'm remembering a separate putt-putt incident. <laughs> oh, dear God. Got all this out. Apparently, I have a lot of anger issues when it comes to putt-putt. Don't play putt-putt with me. But no, I was upset with my score. And we started talking about someone we commonly know. And I started ripping them a new one. Do you have that person in your life who blows up constantly? Who goes from outrage to outrage? And it's like there's always a thing to blow up about because I found this scripture, Proverbs 29, 11, fools give vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. There's something there. So essentially what I'm reading there is when you've got this rage we're talking about, when it's inside of you, you don't have to let it out. You don't have to act on this emotion. And that brings me to another point. Too many times in my life, rage, this emotion has led me, has taken control, because you know what? I chose to yield. I did not have to in the moment, because I have other moments where I said, Jesus, show up. I was at the beach one time with a group of friends. We were freshmen in high school, and there was my buddy's little brother, and they were all seventh graders. And these three golf carts of guys go by who are all about their age, and they just start swearing at them and flipping them off. And we're staying in all these beach houses that are around each other. And all these people are there on a church retreat. So naturally, what do these kids do? They didn't know that. They just start laying into them and calling them names. And I'm like, guys, they have three times as many people as you do. I would I would tone it down, you know, calm down. Why are you even doing that? Well, the golf carts turn around. And from a distance, yeah, they all looked like middle schoolers. No, no, there was about nine high schoolers between the three golf carts. And so there's my three buddies and my buddy's little brother and his two friends. So we have three high schoolers, three middle schoolers, 
versus nine high schoolers who are essentially lining up because they are ready to go. They are ready to brawl. They don't realize that we are also there with these little kids. So they start circling the younger guys in our group. And I mean, they are calling us every name under the sun. It's getting tense. This one guy takes his shirt off. I don't even know what that meant, but it didn't seem good. And so we start walking over there because we're like, great, great. Now we're going to have to get in a fight. At that time, me and the father weren't exactly talking on the daily. The only thing I can explain to you is in that moment, my fists are clenched. I assume we're about to start fighting at any minute. And something washed over me. Something washed over me like uh, someone had a bucket of warm water is all I can explain it as. And I immediately am walking towards these guys. I walk out from my group. I find the loudest one who is stirring all this up. And I was like, hey, why don't you guys just go? He's like, what are you talking about? We're about to throw down. I said, you know what? If we do, everybody here is going to lose. A couple of people are going to walk away unscathed, but the majority of us here are going to walk away with bruises, with black eyes, a chipped tooth. I mean, this is going to get nasty quick. I said, they're a bunch of little kids. They were running their mouths. Why don't you let us deal with them our own way? We're going to talk to them, explain to them what just happened and that they should have got their butts beat. Um, why don't you guys, why don't you get in your golf carts and just go? Or heck, if you want the court, the court's yours, but let's, uh, let's stop this right here. Your call. And he sat there and he gritted his teeth for a second because he did not think I was about to say that. And he looks at the other guys and he said, you know, let's leave these, well, choice words alone. So get in the carts, guys. And he looked at the kids and I'll never forget it. He was just like, you're lucky. But our mouths, when we vent that rage, that's what that does. I just thank the Lord that he showed up that day. <laughs> I don't know what we would have done. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says this, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Proverbs 15.1, again to the situation, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But if I'd have gone up and used harsh words, because the other half of this scripture is, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When you find yourself in these moments of tension and when life shows up right in your face and right at your front door, you decide how you're going to respond. And a response is thought out. A response is anticipated. A reaction is when you go off that emotion, that stress, that anxiety, that fear that immediately wells up and a lot of times will manifest as anger or rage. And before we started recording, you made a good point. Um, and you've mentioned it very briefly, righteous anger. Hmm. And you bring up the point that we see Jesus turned tables. Jesus had a whip of ropes. Jesus had these things. And people use that one story of Jesus' <laughs> life all the time <laughs> to justify all their bad behavior. Man, scripture says, be angry and sin not. Well, yeah, the sin not part is pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we beat that dead horse for a little bit? I, I think something else when we were talking about that earlier is, okay, so we have the life of Jesus before us in the Bible, and he turned tables once, and he's Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so his whole life, and he was like, you know, here's some righteous anger. I'm just saying that's a good way to parallel that with you. So, if you are constantly in a state of righteous anger and find yourself turning over tables and yelling at staff members in church or having to scold congregation members or, you know, insert scenario as you will. But my point is, I don't think the term righteous anger is as applicable to as many situations as we might think it is sometimes. And your so-called righteous anger may be doing more to defile the house of the Lord than what you're calling out. 
And moving on from that thought, we will leave you, dear listener, with this. When the anger starts rising, it's always good to have some ammo in your box and some scriptures to quote. Hmm. And there are lots of promises in scripture about peace. Peace and anger don't really coexist very well. And this is one from the man himself, Jesus, in John 14, chapter 27. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When you look at the life of Jesus and how he had peace in so many situations, he was spat upon, he was insulted, he was struck, he was bruised. He was crucified and led to the cross, and he did it all through peace. Whatever you're suffering, whatever it is, whether it be wounded pride, whether it be hurt that is just manifesting as anger, or just hurt, and you lash out, whatever it is, if you look at the life of Jesus, I bet you can find a parallel to what you're going through. And I'm not saying live up to Jesus' standard. I am saying that he made the peace that allowed him to live up to that standard that is available for you. You know, it is true, all fall short of the glory of God. But I tell you what, if that's what we're aiming for, like if we're literally shooting for the stars, for Jesus, like that's that's what I want, you're probably going to land in a pretty good place. That's what you want to model yourself after. I'll leave you with this, dear listener, because this was rattling around in my spirit before we started tonight. I think a lot of you might be those people in the cars on the road that the Lord keeps showing me. I don't think that necessarily means that you have road rage, but I think a lot of us have anger. This is a very interesting time to be alive with just everything going on. So if you find yourself shouting through situations or, you know, clenching your fists, gritting your teeth, why don't you try having one of those quiet moments with the Father before you go to bed tonight? Maybe before you walk in the door at your office, you know, before you call your wife or you speak to your your sibling, whatever the case may be, let the Lord get involved. Don't have a reaction, have a response. Scripture will guide you and the Holy Spirit will be there with you every step of the way if you let him. We love you guys. Until next time. Take care, y'all.